for Talk with Steve Dodge. I'm Steve Dodge, and today is Wednesday, June 6th, 2018. So we're going to do something. We're going to go back to something that we did at the beginning, which is at the end of the podcast or the discussion that we have, uh, I'm going to go to the listener questions and we'll have a time. We'll just have you guys, if you have any questions, just go ahead and run through them right then and we will uh, do our best to answer them. And I got an email that says I'm supposed to be doing my podcast. That's perfect. Um, so couple of things, couple of cleanup items real quick. Super chat winners. Uh, so we had 119 uh, people super chat. And I think we said for every $65 uh, in super chat money, we will give away one pair of keen shoes. Now, uh, I hate to be a stickler. So since we got close, we're almost 60 bucks per, per person. If we give away two shoes, it's almost 60 bucks per person. So we're actually going to give away two pair of keen shoes today. And uh, I've got the list of the 119 people that donated to through the super chat on the live broadcast. And uh, if you uh, if you watch the live broadcast and you want to have an opportunity to win some keen shoes, just click, do a quick super chat. Every super chat dollar is a one dollar in the in the random.org drawing that we do. So the first number that we generate is seventy five, and the second number is twenty four. So I will go back to the sheet and look. And number seventy five is Daniel. Klingle Smith. That was 75. I'm going to highlight that so Seth can find it. And then the other number was 24. Number 24 is William Laney. So uh, Seth will be reaching out to William Laney and Daniel Klingle Smith. Thank you both very much for supporting the tour and for being a super chatter. That super chatter, that's an odd phrase. Uh, and then we need to do one more cleanup item, the Patreon raffle from the San Francisco Open. Uh, the Patreons win uh, a Disc Golf Pro Tour soft t-shirt. And we did this drawing right before the podcast started. Let me see. And I emailed Seth the name of the winner. And the name of the winner is Maddie Ice Winter. Uh, you have a soft t-shirt coming your way. Seth will be emailing you and uh, will ask you to confirm your address and ask you for your favorite t-shirt size, which might be your size or the size of someone that you love. So those two things out of the way, nice and smooth. Uh, later on in the show, we will be having Jeff Spring. He is the tournament director of the GMC, the Green Mountain Championship. And this year, he's also the tournament director of Pro Worlds, which is uh, supplanting the GMC. Uh, we'll be talking with Jeff about Pro Worlds. Um, he's also the PDGA liaison for the Pro Tour. So we'll be talking about working with the PDGA and uh, what it took to rebuild the trust uh, between the Pro Tour and the PDGA and how bright the future looks, if it looks bright at all. He'll, he'll be the one that can tell us that. Uh, something to let you all know, if you have ever heard of something called Facebook, uh, Danielle Charlier is posting uh, some teaser videos from the San Francisco Open on Disc Golf for Women. That's Disc Golf, the number four, and then women. Uh, and she's put a couple of great teaser clips out there. Uh, we basically got highlights from every woman at the San Francisco Open, and she is culling through all, all of that video and trying to put together some, some really cool pieces, and she's released some, some really fun stuff. So go to Disc Golf, the number four women on Facebook, and uh, enjoy. Uh, and then the in the we actually had some pretty big news this week in the pro tour uh with the approval of two two more baskets have been approved for use on the pro tour uh namely the pro discus targetti uh 
They submitted the basket for approval last year. We asked them to uh, modify the, the tray a little bit so that it was more difficult for discs to hit off the bottom of the tray and skip out. And I will go and say the job they did is phenomenal. Uh, Kai does a great job over there. Thank you, Kai. Um, very proud to announce that the Pro Discus Targetti is approved. And I would expect uh, at the Jonesboro Open, the Targetti will be one of the uh, will be the basket that is used on that course. Um, and then the other basket that is approved just in time for the Utah Open is the Prodigy T2. Uh, I think the significant difference that they made was they made the outer chains a little bit lighter, so the discs will go in there. Obviously, with the uh, the design they have, nothing can cut through on that. And so we are now up to eight Pro Tour approved baskets. The Prodigy T2 and the Pro Discus Targetti join the other six. You can go to dgpt.com slash news and read all about it. Uh, the other news that we have is uh, recaps from the San Francisco Open as well as a fantasy recap. So the, uh, the big news is the approved, two new approved baskets. Uh, we had a couple of uh, AMA questions. Thank you for submitting those ahead of time. Uh, if anybody would like to submit a AMA question that we would always answer on the, on the podcast, feel free to go to dgpt.com slash AMA. The two trucks we have, uh, the first question, uh, two trucks, the two questions we have, the first question was, uh, are food trucks allowed at events? Great question. With the number of people that are coming to these events, food trucks are becoming uh, almost a necessity. And if you would like, if you have a food truck or you want to bring it to an event, just reach out to the tournament director, offer to give him a cut from your, uh, your, the, your income, tell him you love disc golf, and I'm sure they're going to be interested in working with you. So uh, yes, food trucks are allowed. Well, I, sh I can't. I can't speak universally, but talk to the tournament director. I can't imagine a tournament tourna tournament director saying no. Um, but there might be some local restrictions. I'm, I can't speak 100% to that. And then the other the other AMA, uh, which I just saw, was uh, who has the longest forehand on tour? And I thought this was a really interesting question. Uh, so I posed this question to my Facebook friends and uh, just doing a real quick look through um, some of the answers are Alex Geisinger, uh, Ricky Wysocki, Jeff Bennett, Eagle McMahon, David Maluski, um, Scott Stokely, well probably not Stokely anymore, um, Jeremy Colling, uh, Eagle gets another vote, Eagle gets another vote. Um, so uh, Alex Geisinger gets another quote. So those are probably some of the guys. Oh, Greg Barsby has a, a very long forehand as well. Uh, someone even posted Sarah Hokum, which I think that was a, a very good tribute. Uh, she might have the, the most carving. Carving? She must have, have yeah. I think her, her forehand carves the best. So with that, right after the break, we're going to bring Jeff Spring in here, and, uh, and we will talk with him about working with the PDGA and, uh, and Pro Worlds, which is coming right up. Jeff, can you, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and I can hear you as well. Awesome. Awesome. Good to be here with you. How is the weather there in Vermont? Uh, well, actually, the last couple of days, it's been so-so. Uh, we had a little uh, rain, but it's cleared up today. It was a nice evening. Got outside a little bit and uh, felt good. Beautiful weekend before that, so the weather's been generally pretty good. Last year, uh, June was a disaster in Vermont. It was just raining every day, and we just we had a rough go of it. And uh, our, our first tournament of the year is called the Brewster Ridge Open, and it was wet and soggy. Actually, it's traditionally just soaking wet on the Brewster Ridge Open. So um, it's this weekend. The weather actually looks decent. We'll see. But uh, yeah, how about you? Where's the, where's the weather wherever you are at? Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Spent, okay. spent a couple of days out at Leicester, uh, out at Maple Hill, which was really fun. I actually ran a tournament this weekend for, the, for Next Gen. I was able to yeah, be there. I saw that. I saw that. It's fun. You had, your own, you had your own course thanking you for being there, I think. That was... <laughs> it was, yeah, and it wasn't very muddy at all. I think we've gotten through that, which is nice. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty nice in New England, I think, so. 
Absolutely. Uh, the joke in Pittsburgh was that we had four seasons, uh, almost winter, winter, mud, and construction. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have mud season in Vermont. You know, it goes quicker some years than others. And this year it seems like not so bad, but yeah, we also have stick season and that's in uh, November ish, you know, which is uh, after autumn and fall. But some people just call that all one big season, but yeah. So is that the sticks fall? Yeah. Sticks fall. Mostly just sticks are, you know, I think stick season in New England is just when all the leaves are off the trees for a while and it gets cold and it's not like snowy. You can't do any winter sports. And it's just that time where you're like, uh, the only thing in here is Thanksgiving. I probably should like go to the Caribbean or something. (laughs) Uh, that's, that's, I've never heard anybody say anything about stick season. Oh, well, it's definitely a thing in Vermont. I don't know about Massachusetts, but it is the best time to play disc golf if you're looking to, uh, you know, score low because there's no leaves on the trees. And basically, you just dream weave every fairway. You just go right through everything, and it's just beautiful. So don't even need to be accurate. Right. That's right. Just avoid that trunk. Um, so, Jeff, uh, first of all, I need to tell you a big thank you for for everybody who's listening and doesn't know. Um, Jeff Spring is. I'll go ahead and just say is the the reason that the Pro Tour and the PDGA have been able to uh, mend our fences, as it were. Um, in the end of the 2016 season, I wasn't very happy with the PDGA, and they weren't very happy with me. Um, and cooler heads in the form of Jeff Spring and some folks over at the PDGA uh, prevailed and uh, and helped mend this whole mend the whole fence and put us on the right track. Uh, Jeff, am I am I phrasing that about right? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't debate debate that. You know, I think uh, I think that everybody in, in disc golf pulling together is always the best solution and. Um, you know, as, as much as we can do to work together in the sport, whether it's manufacturers or organizations, you know, it's, it's always a good thing to collaborate. And, uh, I was happy to, you know, be a part of the tour and, you know, um, we still are, you know, GMC coming back. Um, but (laughs) yeah, um, kind of bummed not to be on it this year, but also very excited. Obviously we're, we're thrilled. We love working with PDJ. I've actually been the Vermont PDJ state rep for like five or six years now. So, um, you know, it's, it's great to be a part of uh, both organizations and, you know, working hard, um, to kind of, you know, just push the stone forward each time we get a chance to have a, a big event, you know, and, and do something cool. And, um, and of course, welcome in that touring disc golf community and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been kind of just a thrill the last five years to just, uh, build um the gmc you know help the tour as much as as we can and and uh you know just contribute to the game in general jeff i genuinely look forward to uh t- 10 or 15 years down the road when uh, when we're able to tell some war stories yeah <laughs> th- th- those will be those will be genuinely fun um the effort that you put forward i i cannot uh I, I can't thank you enough and i can't express how important you were and are um to where we are right now uh and, and i want to get to that a little bit later but first you did a great segue uh you have a pretty big event coming up this september tell us yeah. a little bit about that yeah so pro world's coming to uh the Smuggler's Notch Resort in Vermont. Um, I personally, you know, that's my uh, stomping grounds. I, I live and work right at the resort, um, about an hour north of where I grew up. And um, <clears throat> the way things developed at Smugs was really kind of serendipitous. I, I got into the sport um, in 2008, end of that year. And, you know, probably within four years, I was on the board of the state club building courses. Um, the opportunity came up to, to really uh, build a real course at Smugglers, and um, the support from the resort has been tremendous. So tremendous that, you know, when, when we said um, we're going to do disc golf, the owner said, our goal should be the world championship before we even built any courses here. So from day one, you know, he kind of set the bar high and he wanted to say, you know, if we do something, we ought to be 
trying to be the best at it, you know, and um, as long as we put that effort in, um, he would be happy with wherever he fell. You know, I was kind of aiming for uh, a little later, you know, like 10 years when we started, but it became apparent, you know, a success from the Green Mountain Championship and, you know, joining the Pro Tour uh, support from the PDGA that we could um, make a bit at it sooner. So, you know, um, big thanks to the PDGA for, you know, kind of believing us uh, in us and picking us as hosts of the 2018 world championship. And yeah, it's right around the corner. We've been working on it for a long, long time. You know, the courses look better than ever, uh, really thrilled with how they're playing so far this year. Um, we are, you know, making upgrades to the courses. So that's been going on, you know, you know, for the last year and a half. I mean, it's, it's a constant, constant thing. You never are done with the course, you know, um, you know, maybe someday. And, and in fact, you know, working in Vermont, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that kind of you know, help you, uh, set the holes, you know, and maybe leave them alone. Um, because you know, <laughs> there's the state regulations and permitting and all that stuff. So, um, you know, maybe we'll get there, but you know, we're excited about the state of the courses. We're excited about our partners, you know, um, we have two uh, great course partners, um, our premier level partners. One is Discraft, who's going to be the uh, premier partner for Brewster Ridge and the course sponsor there. And the other is uh, Innova, who's going to be the Fox Run um, sponsor. And uh, actually, you know, I might as well do this now, but um, we're happy to announce an article is going to drop here through PDGA pretty soon with some details. Um, but we're happy to announce that. Uh, we've uh, got a agreement with outside TV and uh, we're going to be creating an hour long TV broadcast and it's going to uh, run on outside TV this fall uh, after uh, we, we finish the post-production of it. So uh, we got a couple weeks to work on that broadcast kind of afterwards um, and uh, get it turned around and uh, get a broadcast. And, you know, they've got some exclusivity on that um, for a little bit, but then, you know, who knows, we, we might, uh, make a time by on another network. Uh, I've been learning a lot about this kind of stuff the last <laughs> few, uh, you know, maybe year, uh, you know, of just, you know, negotiating and talking to networks and figuring out what a TV broadcast, you know, looks like. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to, you know, kind of move forward. We got a lot of, a lot of time left to finish up planning on that. Um, but you know, we couldn't do it without the support of Innova, without the support of Discraft. Discraft's been the sponsor of the GMC and they've been great. And we're in Innova has been the sponsor of, uh, the GMC down at uh, our village fair through the last five years. So those two companies have been really supporting our operation and a uh, big shout out to those guys. Uh, we're excited to announce a whole bevy of sponsors. We've got some official products of the world championship going to announce soon. And, um, you know, eventually a presenting sponsor here too. So yeah, a lot of news coming down the pipe. Um, we're really excited. Registration's open. Um, and I think there's about a hundred spots left. So it's tiered, right? So it's, you know, kind of following the, the tiered process. And I think we just opened up to 970 and above, um, and it's kind of filling fast. So uh, we'll see if it makes it to the next tier. That would be June 15th, where it opens up below 970. But um, we'll see. It, it, may be, it may be full by the end of this third tier. So we'll, we'll uh, wait and see, but yeah, so much. I mean, obviously I'm, I can, I can ramble and talk for a while, but uh, I, I guess that's kind of the state of the game where we are right now. Um, courses are, are in good shape and, you know, happy to, happy to chat some more or answer any questions, you know? Well, I got no more questions at all. Outside TV, a couple things about to drop. Why would we have anything else to talk about? So first of all, uh, if I'm correct, uh, outside TV, as far as I know, and I just found out about this just like everybody else, but outside TV, as far as I know, is, is the leader in adventure sports and outdoor lifestyle movies, series, and shorts. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that, that is accurate. Actually, you know, the... Um the production is based around three main motives. And uh, one is, you know, kind of the sport of disc golf in general and telling that story. Um, but the other is the resort in the overall vibe of the event, you know, at the world championship, we're kind of building off the green mountain championship model. So, you know, we're excited to welcome, you know, the pro tour um, festival. Uh, you guys are going to come and be there. Um, but we're also, you know, building on um, the live music scene that we've developed there as well. So, you know, we believe that having a festival um, really brings in the community around the event. And so what that does is 
introduce more people to the sport. Um, all the resort guests that are actually on site started, you know, coming out to spectate, uh, last few years, we have like shuttle buses with families. And, you know, I remember seeing, uh, a couple grandparents getting off the bus asking what the sport was about um, and watching, you know, kind of some of the top pros tee off right on one and really being amazed. Um, so the, the whole festival aspect is, and um, the resort is the second part. And then of course, shot by shot coverage and the exciting conclusion of the event. So those three pieces, you know, are going to work together to create hopefully a really exciting broadcast. And, you know, the main thing here is that um, uh, we've explored kind of some, you know, bigger, maybe a little bit more well-known networks. I think outside in the resort community is really strong. Outside has um, relationships and partnerships with the resorts across the world. So this is Europe and as well as America. But um, the NBC Sports, CBS Sports, ESPN2s, you know, um, I think that we're going to need to produce some productions on channels like Outside TV right, that right. are successful um, in order to get kind of pre-signed deals. You know, making an hour TV show is expensive if you're going to do it well. Um, and it takes a lot of effort. And, you know, you think it's, you know, just an hour. But if you ask any of the guys out there filming, you know, it's, it's a heck of a turnaround for what they're doing now. But to put storyline and to put... You know, script together you know it's it's a little bit even even bigger push and more post-production more editing so um without a guaranteed you know run you know which outside tv has uh, you know can provide you know I, I think it's a little risky to do something like that but um with this production we may be able to get you know the next tournament or the next worlds or you know national tour or you know a big event in the future to you know have the, a relationship where we can say hey we're going to create this production and you know maybe make a, a time by or an agreement with a network um in the future so you know we're, we're hoping to just to, you know, push the stone forward a little bit um, in terms of everything, you know, like professionalism, course setup, course design, player experience, spectators, you know, um, fan, fan experience, um, and as well as media. And so, you know, we hope that this is, you know, just our little moment to, to do one, one or two things a little bit more, a little bit further and, um, and, you know, set it up for the next, next group of people to uh, make that bid and, and do something special. So is, is outside TV affiliated with outside magazine? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it when is. we go to, when we go to OR outside magazine is, is the one magazine that seems like everybody has in their hands. Right. And, uh, and outside TV is a, a perfect offshoot from that. They're because they want to become a media company and, uh, and disc golf, I think will help help get a whole bunch of people aware of that channel. And, yeah. uh, and I agree with you hundred percent. Let's have, have success here. And, uh, and if it may, if it is a, a great partnership, let's grow on it. Yeah. And if we, if we grow out of that partnership, we'll move on. But, uh, I wouldn't have any problem having a, forming a great partnership with someone that supports us. So, yeah, I think that, you know, they're excited to see what the sport does. Um, there's definitely, there's not like Nielsen ratings or anything that goes, um, with it, um, because it's like a one-off. I feel it sounds like you got to have some kind of series or a recurring, you know, uh, tour of some sort in order to like qualify for ratings in, in that way. But they do have internal numbers and internal data that they can share and they'll have a sense of how many people are watching it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting. I think, you know, it's just a, it's a small step and, and we're excited to, you know, kind of make the plunge and, and, and try it out and, uh, you know, hopefully create something that's going to be really, really fun to watch and, and really cool for the fans of the sport to see because we've had such great production leaps and, you know, right. we're going to be partnering with all, all the people that are, you know, already filming on this. So, you know, we're, we're excited. I, I appreciate how humble you are, Jeff. Uh, it is a, you, you call it a small step. I would, I would call it a significant step to, because I'm going to guess the production quality is going to be significant. Um, when, when we looked into this and we are, we're looking into this for the future, uh, the, the first thing that always gets mentioned is writers. You need to have, there's, and there, there are so many aspects to put together a, a professionally produced show uh, that, that people don't fully appreciate. Um, I suspect this is, is, am I correct? Is this going to be a professionally produced show that 
that we can show to our grandmothers and they have some idea what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. You, we're going to tell the story of the game, you know, kind of tell the rules uh, for people that may not know the game. Um, you know, you want to outline everything that's, that's happening for the beginner. And I think, you know, not to get off on a different topic, but um, when I work uh, here in the winter at Smugglers, um, we work in snow sports. And, you know, one thing that comes up a lot is, is we talk to people that are um, experts instead of talking to the beginners. And I think that with shows like this, um, if we want to bring in the new audience, if we want to bring in people and get them to understand the game and love the game, you got to teach them about the game, teach them about the culture, teach them about the players. Um, and then of course we're going to, you know, tell them the story of our venue of our event, but then get to the shot by shot coverage that all the disc golf fans that know and love the game are really excited about as well. So, you know, I think, uh, in, in general, like we'll have probably a couple rounds of announcements with more, more details on that of like partners, you know, and, and who's going to be doing what for it. And, um, you know, I'd say to everybody, just stay tuned and, and you'll, you'll hear more and more details in the next few weeks. And, you know, just big, big shout out to Discraft and, and Innova for the support of the event, because, you know, without, without everybody pulling together and, and we have a lot more partners coming in too, but without all of our partners, you know, you, you can't fund something like that. So we're excited. What is the number one way for someone to stay tuned about pro worlds? Yeah. So, um, follow PDGA, um, follow smugglers notch, um, smugglers notch disc golf center is on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we keep updating stuff there. The websites are, um, www.smugs.com slash 2018 pro worlds or pdj.com same short url it's 2018 pro worlds and so um there's info there um a lot of info about the drop too about specific schedules so fall fest we have a bigger budget this year um we have one of our event producers going in um a little bit more and they're going to be running the whole music scene so we're going to have you know expanded music throughout the week we're going to actually probably have four nights of live music um for spectators and for um guests there so it's going to certainly be a festival and, um, we're happy. We're big, uh, uh, very thankful to work with a, a local event producer who's, you know, we'll announce them shortly too. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, um, you know, we've got, uh, bands booked and those announcements are coming. One thing I would say is that, um, you know, connect with us for reservations at the resort. The resort is filling up pretty fast. So if people want to come, they should, you know, call us. There's lodging numbers on those sites, especially smugs.com slash 2018 pro worlds. So if people want to come and be a part of it, which I really recommend, um, we're looking for, you know, a great spectating crew, but everybody's going to have a great time, live music. We've got a poker night. We do night golf, uh, the pro tour festival will be there. Um, you know, we're going to have uh, fall fest with craft beer. Um, you know, we always do a special uh, brew for the events. Um, in the past we've had Nate Doss and Bevel craft brewing collaborating right, right. with Fiddlehead. And so we're going to announce, you know, any uh, beer collabs and, and stuff going on with that soon. We're expanding the amount of craft brews that are going to be on site. So for the two nights of fall fest, we'll have probably, you know, six to eight at the, minimum um we've got a lot of candidates a lot of people want to be there to uh, pour beer for the world championship um we also have some uh local craft food uh, makers so you know we've got a lot of local farms and local produce local uh, meats in vermont and uh a lot of great uh, food trucks. I know you were mentioning that. And like, you know, we had, I don't know how many food trucks last year, but a lot, I think we had like throughout the week, seven different food trucks. Cause we had some out at tournament central. We had some at fall fest central and, um, you know, there's just a lot of great food in the area. So we're excited to bring, um, food trucks back in, um, and also the restaurants at Smugs, you know, the resort, if people don't know, which, you know, again, talk about talking to, to people, you know, with no knowledge, like I'm just assuming everybody knows, but Smugglers Notch Resort has uh, over 3000, um, guest beds in 
a lot of condos kind of spread throughout a bunch of villages. Um, and the main, the main village has, you know, like three or four restaurants and, uh, a country store, like a grocery store. Um, we've got three different pool complexes with like water slides, a um, bunch of hot tubs, that kind of stuff. And the course is literally right on site. It's on our property, um, Brewster Ridge. And actually we have a whole nother announcement, Steve, I probably shouldn't tell you that, but, um, I'm having trouble keeping up. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, so we are going to actually June, June, uh, no, wait, sorry. July 25th is now the official date. It's been moving around. We're going to debut a brand new outdoor center and pro shop um, at our disc golf center. So we it's going to be talking about that last year. That's yeah. awesome. There's going to be a new building. Um, we're got the site prep almost, almost ready to go. Um, you know, the building's going to, uh, be up and we're going to finish it and open it. And that's just going to open, um, a, a week or two before the United States junior disc golf championship, which we're hosting right. August 3rd through 5th. So big shout out to kids disc golf. Um, those guys have been working hard. Um, I, we're aiming for over a hundred, uh, kids in this tournament, which is one of the bigger, um, numbers that you'll see. I think, I don't know if there's ever been a tournament with a hundred plus just juniors only. Um, we were talking about that. I don't, I don't know if that's verified, but I know that dynamic is running junior worlds in Emporia too. Yep. They open registration. I think they, they may be able to get more, um, registrations in us this year, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, um, it's awesome that there's two new, that like the junior worlds is, you know, established now. And then the U S junior disc golf championship is going and, and we're just really happy and feel super lucky and honored to be hosting that, uh, with kids disc golf. And they, they know their stuff. Like they we're a family resort, right? Our moniker is America's family resort here at smugs. Um, so we do everything with a mind towards, you know, can your three-year-old do it as easily as, you know, your 18 year old. And we set everything up and we like to try to make it as fun and exciting for every age. Um, so we did that, you know, with our courses. And as you know, we have four T's on every court on every hole. So, um, that really worked awesome for kids, this golf coming up and they're like, wow, you know, we haven't seen many courses with four established T's. Of course, Mabel Hill has that. We, we have T's that are sh like, we were talking about this actually, do you know, Matt and Josh, right? Of course. Yeah. The Grams. Um, so Matt and Josh Graham, they uh, established kids disc golf and have run a lot of kids events. And they've, they've been the ones who have seen what distances are appropriate and like how the flow of things go and all the problems that can crop up with, you know, a juniors only event. I won't get into too much about, you know, parent behavior maybe, but um, they, they, you know, they have a lot of knowledge. So, you know, they've already come up and we've gone over everything and we have a bunch of new tees going in for kids. Like we're putting in a bunch of new tees for kids, which is exciting. Um, but like our reds are way shorter than Maple Hill reds. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know that if you've ever played our reds, it's like an ace run. It's like an ace race course, you know, for, for us. But, um, a couple of our reds, they thought were actually even too short. So I was like, wow. Okay. You know that it's a difference of like a kid competing and a kid just coming out and trying yeah, it for the first exactly. time. Yeah. But yeah. So a lot of things, uh, pro shop, USJDGC, um, yeah, a lot going on. So you did, you did also mention, uh, that you have some, uh, I think you said some exclusive pro worlds stuff, merchandise coming out that you're not ready to announce. That's right. Yes. Um, we're working on, you know, a, a lot of merchandise. Um, we're working with Paragon. So we're excited to give a shout out to Paragon and, and Miles. Um, I think that that's, that's coming along, but you know, uh, we're going to be excited to put a lot of merch out there. Um, you know, you can, you can get it on, you know, we'll, we'll announce that pretty soon. <laughs> you know? but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just tell everybody if, if you're working with Paragon on this merchandise, that means it's limited to, it could be a shirt or a hat or socks or a disc or a mini, or a bag tag, or a clipboard, or a tent, or a wrapped vehicle. 
<laughs> right. Yes. It's and mostly wrapped vehicles. <laughs> a lot of wrapped vehicles, vehicle wrapping to sell. So I think I think everything that I listed is something that, that Paragon Disc Golf has done for the Pro Tour. Yep. So, um, and I hope they do all of that for Pro Worlds, um, yep. which is smugs.com slash 2018 Pro Worlds. Yes. And if I'm from Alabama, and I want to come up to a very cool music festival with Pro Worlds, craft beer, three pools, on a resort. That's the site to go to. Yeah, yeah. And we have all of our lodging you know, numbers and websites there. And um, if you're from New England, um, we've got a couple ambassadors that are putting groups together with even better rates with like included tickets to Fall Fest. And they actually, our group department... Um, is putting together like planned breakfasts like so you you get your group lodging deal it includes breakfast every day it includes the fall fest tickets and spectating and everything that you need to do so you just that one rate will get you in and i think the rates are coming you know down depending like if you do a lot of folks together so like 12 people fit in the big gondos that's like 39 dollars a night so it's like really cheap um if you do just all the way up to like a one bedroom it's going to be more like 60 70 bucks a night night if you do a studio it may be like 75 80 but it's all like under a hundred dollars a night and this the, you're not getting a hotel room you're getting a condo you've been in the condos right yeah, it was yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. i there think we, i think the uh, eight person condo we fit about 73 people in there and it was two dollars a night i'm just i'm joking on all that okay yeah it's probably less than that actually <laughs> So, um, but it was an amazing condo because it had a full kitchen, had a washer dryer that Terry Miller couldn't figure out how to use. Um, it, yeah, it was very fun. I actually don't remember who it was. I think it was Terry. He was sitting in the, just sitting in the hallway, trying to figure out how to open the dryer. And what uh, time of day or night was that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I don't, I don't have any idea what time yeah. it was time enough to laugh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So is Smuggler's Notch the number one family-friendly resort? Uh, yeah. It, it, well, it depends on uh, what survey you look at. But so uh, in the winter, you know, our biggest business is skiing and snowboarding and, you know, family vacations in the winter. And so the main magazine in the industry that everybody looks to is called Ski Magazine. And they do ratings of resorts and it's a uh, user base. So they put it out to their whole, you know, readership. And it's like a couple weeks that the survey's open. And every year, you know, they have a big resort issue that's a like pretty important to like all resorts like all the resorts use it like you go out and look at jackson hole and they put their badges from ski magazine up whistler out west put their badges up so you know everybody in the industry buys into it as well um so you know it's a pretty good barometer and we were really excited that um in last ski season we were rated the number one resort in the eastern u.s and canada because they split into east and west okay. so okay. you know like uh, the western resorts have their own rating Eastern resorts have their own ratings, but it's also including Canada. So it's, uh, yeah, we've gotten the number one. So we had the number one in um, families for 17 years in a row, and then they changed it to kid-friendly, and we've gotten that every year since then, which has been like, you know, I think six years. So it's been like 23 straight years the resort has gotten rated by the users as like kid-friendly, and it's partly because of the condos, you know, you talked about it having a kitchen, but not only does it have a kitchen, but it has everything a family might need. Like it has a blender and it has like spatulas. Whereas like you go to a hotel and you're like, where is like a pan, you know, but, uh, but here it's set up for the family so they can come. They don't have to pack like their kitchen with them, but they can stay and they can cook and they can, you know, have a good time. It's kind of like a uh, super nice Airbnb, right? <laughs> It, it really is. It really, we, we just did an Airbnb in San Francisco and it was basically the exact same thing. Got that idea from me. Oh, Airbnb? Yeah. Oh. No, maybe not. They Jack did? Well. Okay. So <laughs> what, you did say something, uh, it, and this is a very, uh, if you were listening to the podcast, you should just fast forward about a minute and a half because this is going to be super boring. But I just went to a, uh, one of those inns and suites kind of deals. And I'm not going to say the brand because I don't think this is the way they're all run. But uh, we went to the suite and it was, it advertised that it had a kitchenette. And I was like, great, we'll just 
cook our eggs in the morning and be all happy. There was no, not a stitch of silverware, no plates, no glasses, no pans, yeah. nothing. And I went downstairs and th this is the way it is sometimes. You have to go get it from the red, from the checkout people. So I went down to the, the registration desk and, uh, and I said, you know, can we get some pans and some dishes? And he said, do you want the two person or four person pack? And I said, four. And, uh, and he said, okay, that'll be $48. Wow. And I said, what, what? And he said, yeah, $48 and we give you this bin and you can keep it. What? And I said, well, I, <laughs> I'm on vacation. I do not want. Oh, yeah. let, me just, let me pack my new set of like cutlery <laughs> dishes. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I was like, well, no, I don't. I'm just going to, I'll just go and spend $48 on breakfast. I don't, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'll get like, yeah, a couple, a couple meals for that. That's it was fun. very interesting being able to keep it. I did not anticipate that. So the other thing that I want to touch with you on is you mentioned two courses. And one of, one of the points that I just hammer home over and over and over is we need to have all of these top-level pro events on one course. Wait, one course. Uh, Jeff Spring, why are you special? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying we're special. We just have two great courses that people enjoy to play. Um, what? They're very different, aren't they? They are. They are different. So uh, Brewster Ridge is coming in around 8,000 feet for the world championship and it's wooded. Um, it's technical. It's super fair. Um, in fact, I, you know, I wouldn't even call it wooded compared to some of the courses in Vermont, but, um, or new England, you know, but it, it certainly is wooded. Uh, you know, you have to hit your line. You have to control the disc, um, to the ground. If you, you know, skip left, skip right, you may be out of position for your next shot. Um, you know, and, it, and it's still long for that. I, you know, I went to the 2015 worlds in, in Pittsburgh and really enjoyed the courses. Um, and if you look at the length of like Moraine and deer lakes, uh, we're right around there. Now, um, we added, you know, and we're, there's a new hole now. So, um, it's a, it's an uphill par four. Um, that's adding quite a bit of length and we actually lost our, our shortest hole in putting that one in. So we've, you know, kind of extended the course, but you know, it's, it's really comparable to kind of, you know, deer lakes or moraine, but maybe, um, you know, just a little bit, it's, it's, it's different in a lot of ways. So, um, but in terms of length, length in like width of fairways, you know, I'd say it's similar to that. Those are great courses. I love both those courses. Um, and then Fox run is like 9,500 feet. So 1500 feet further it's open. Um, there's, uh, a large amount of OB and a lot of people say, you know, why is there so much OB on this course? And there's very good reasons for that. It's because we play through a very sensitive wetland area through most of the course. So, you know, there's, uh, you know, kind of wetlands, um, and water hazards and property lines all over the place. So what that means is, you know, there's, places where we have to put OB in and, um, what it creates is a, a long open bomber course, but you know, if you miss it's, it's OB and it, it really, it really challenges players to throw distance, but you need control. You can't just bomb it out there or else you're just going to be picking up OB stroke after OB stroke. And we've seen like a lot of sevens, nines, elevens out there. Um, we do have a 1200 foot hold. It's a par five, um, that has OB on it. So, I mean, that's, you know, a challenge, but you know, I, I haven't ever heard <clears throat> anybody, come to me and say, you know, this OB is inappropriate, um, or, you, you know, this is ridiculous or anything like that. I've had people come and give me feedback and say, you know, why don't you tweak this OB or have you thought about that? And, um, I mean, to me, that that's a good sign that everything's reasonable and fair and plays well. I mean, uh, I, I have to say, you know, it's, it's a Steve Brinster design. I, I put out the first nine holes and then, um, you know, through my relationship with Steve, got him to come up, hired Brinster design, um, to come consult on the second half of the course. And we actually have some plans that we haven't even been able to put into place yet. Um, you know, kind of just working through state regulations on a lot of this stuff and getting things, you know, established, but, um, yeah, he's done an awesome job and having him as a consultant and uh, co-designer on that course. And now he's consulting on Brewster Ridge, you know, has been great. Um, you know, the other, other 
you know, top players that have been there have given me a lot of great tips. Nate Doss has come and, and given his feedback as well and worked a little with us. Um, but, you know, uh, Steve has been great, you know, with that design. Um, so that just gives you a sense, I guess, of the two courses. Like they're, they're different. One's longer, OB, open. The other's like more New England uh, long, but, you know, wooded lanes. So it does create quite the test um when yeti came up the first time uh we love you know jay and des and having them up is awesome you know i convinced them to come up at maple hill actually during uh, <laughs> one of the five room opens over a heady topper i brought i brought jay over a four pack heady topper and i said hey you want some more of this you got to come to vermont and play the gmc and he's like okay so <laughs> Decided to come up, but, um, he, he, you know, like, uh, we get quotes and, you know, we try to get media from players. And one of the things that, um, I saw from, from Jay, actually it might not have been media. We, we sent out like a, a survey, you know, asking feedback from the players one year. And, um, you know, he, he wrote, you know, that Brewster and Fox run are really the yin and yang, you know, of each other. So I think that comes together to create a really unique challenge. And, you know, I, I agree with you, um, with what you're saying on one course versus two, you know, gen generally. And I actually had a really interesting debate and I should have asked Nate. I talked to Nate Doss today, and I forgot to ask him because I was going to try to get him on with us, but next time. Um, but I, I had this debate with Nate, and I said, you know, maybe it is okay to have two courses in disc golf versus one because, you know, we've got a model um, in golf that has one course. You play four rounds, right? And disc golf, you know, as you've said, maybe three rounds is better. Um in four rounds for majors, you know, it, it depends. Maybe we'll grow to four rounds for every event, but one course, you know, uh, I said to Nate one, one year, uh, Nate, I think two courses is okay. And he like looked at me, he's like, why? And I said, well, I grew up playing ball golf and I feel like you have to read the, the greens more, you know, in, in golf. Like, so if you're going to go study a course, you've got to go and, and read the green and, you know, like figure out the breaks and that kind of stuff. And he just totally sent me straight on that. And actually I've thought about it since I didn't really agree with him in the moment, but, um, you know, he made the point that most of these pros, you know, they, they come in and they only have a couple days to practice a course before, you know, and that's not different in disc golf and, you know, they know how to putt and they know the type of grass and they aren't going to go out there and study every green. They're going to go out and hit a, hit a few putts and see how it's rolling. Um, and you know, that really kind of leveled the playing field in terms of how much time disc golfers need to spend preparing on a course and to put them through two courses is certainly a big preparation job. And, uh, you know, it's definitely something to think about. I think that if you have a well-established event, like we do, a lot of the people coming, um, I've come to expect and know and love both courses and it, it, it fits well. And we just talked about that, but at the same time, you know, if you're starting an event, you certainly don't want to start with two. And, you know, like if, if pros are coming in, they want to come in and get to know one course. And it's super hard to do that in a short amount of time. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I think that who knows where we'll go. We're going to build a third course and then we're going to do like what Las Vegas does. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I want to go to the Las Vegas challenge by the way, and, and play those courses, but we actually may build a third course eventually. And maybe that will be the only course that we have tournaments on because it yeah, will be in a couple of years, you and I should just go on tour. <laughs> just have just a tour for just us. We, you know, in addition to the entry fees, we put in a thousand dollars each, just our bet. And I bet one of us makes some good money over the over the course of the season. Yeah, I, I, we probably, I probably would make if it's every week. I probably make fifty two grand that year. <laughs> oh, genuine chuckle. Um, I would think you would end up making about forty eight thousand. Um, I lose two. Right. Yeah. So the uh, the yin and yang. I think you nailed it on the yin and yang. Um, the the courses are so complimentary um it's it's the one place that i look at and i say he, you have the traditional european style ob lined 
disc golf course that's great for spectators and is uh, thrilling to watch. And then you have the traditional New England disc golf course through the woods that, in my opinion, looks fantastic on camera because you can see the lines that they have to throw and they either hit them or they don't. And generally, these guys hit them and our jaws hit the floor and it's just absolutely amazing. So kudos to what you have built up there. It is, it is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, a big shout out to my crew. Um, we've had uh, a, a bunch of great folks working on the course through the years, and I won't even get into it, but just big shout out to them. So I'm, I'm ready to segue. We've got about four or five minutes left, um, and I'm ready to segue to working with the PDGA. Um, and we could, we could focus for probably two or three days on the history of that, but what I'd like to do is say we've – we went through this muddled area, and then we got to a point of uh, let's let's put forward some trust and work together. And that was uh, through your guidance. I don't know if it was on both sides, but you definitely guided me and said, Steve, we need to, you know, we should demonstrate that this is something that we want. And, uh, and we did, and that was 2017. And now 2018, when I presented to the board last fall, they they unanimously decided to support what it is that we are building and they've they they're uh, we've got the women's grant we have the sustainability grant the pdj is involved um and we're sharing articles we're sharing uh, media it's it's really going very well where do you see this going in the future uh, do you think that uh, i'm going to do something to to torpedo this whole thing or do you think we're going to successfully continue to build uh this relationship Oh, well, success, of course. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I hope, you know, we're, I think and believe we're, we're past uh, roadblocks between and, and speed bumps between the organizations. Um, you know, uh, the PDGA is a wonderful organization. It's the uh, sanctioning body of the sport. Um, you know, there's been everybody who's in the sport has a history with, with this organization. And, um, you know, when you have a governing body of the sport, it, it moves, it can tend to move slowly because you want to represent everybody. Right. And, uh, you know, it can tend to, um, you know, just take its time and be methodical and, you know, kind of just think about one step at a time. And, you know, I've kind of found that, um, you know, even working for a company like smugglers, it's the same thing. It's kind of like slow and steady and baby steps. And, you know, when you see opportunities that are flashy and exciting, you want to go for them, but, you know, organizations, you know, that are bigger and represent large swaths of people don't, don't do that as much. So, you know, I think that that, um, you know, kind of creates an interesting, you know, uh, relationship with something like the pro tour that's growing fast and able to react and do a lot of things. And, um, so there's, you know, natural, uh, I think, you know, figuring out of how that works together, um, to start, but, you know, um, starting with, you know, Rebecca Duffy and Brian Graham, when, um, we first started, you know, trying to, you know, pull the organizations uh, back together and, and working together. Um, you know, everybody's been really, um, good at, you know, trying to find common ground and collaborate. And, um, you know, uh, the one, the one guy who's, you know, really, you know, been there the whole time, uh, is Mike Downs, who, you know, is just, you know, a great advocate for the sport. Um, so proud of him and his job with the PDGA, you know, operations director now, um, well-deserved, uh, promotion this year, um, doing a great job. Um, and then, you know, the new executive director, Joe has been great and, and, you know, looking at the opportunity with the tour and supporting it and, uh, you know, being a great partner as well. So, you know, I think that the pieces are in place to continue that growth. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't have any predictions on, on where it will go. Um, you know, I think you looking at the history of, of sports organizations and leagues in the past, um, you've seen plenty of examples where there's two tours, you know, that are, are growing and, and flourishing and doing different things. You know, one of the things that, uh, I've, I've talked about the people in the past and I've heard the story told about, um, baseball, you know, when there are two different leagues and, and one of them, I think it was the American league was like, uh, okay, Hey, you know what we got to do? We want to grow this sport by, uh, selling beer at the games. 
and uh <laughs> all of a sudden uh the you know i think the national league was like no no no, we can't do that and then they started doing it and what's more american and bigger pastime than having a beer at a baseball game you know a beer and a hot dog at a baseball game so you know obviously eventually they still have two leagues but they're merged together and you got the mlb and they're they're doing things um as one unit and uh there's no such thing as the like, al and nl other than you know kind of little logistics um you know so i i think that it's it's gonna hopefully continue where both sides will uh, will innovate both uh, you know the national tour the pdj will innovate um you know and um the disc golf pro tour will innovate and um you know i was just happy to be a part of um both and you know helping and, and giving my time and energy to trying to make sure that there's a path to collaborate. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, you know, we talked about this or people knew per se, but, you know, I did, I, I have an official role as like the liaison between, you know, the, the pro tour and the PDGA. And, you know, I, I worked a lot with, um, the PDGA and, and the pro tour in order to just, just, you know, kind of come back together and, and figure out what the best strategy of, you know, taking those baby steps. And I think that's the path forward, really. That's my only prediction is, you know, let's keep taking little steps forward and, and, and seeing how that can, uh, you know, add up over time. Cause I think it's going to add up to something awesome. So. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I appreciate you allowing me to set you up with that question. It, uh, we are building a relationship that will, will hopefully stand the test of time. And the way you do it is by, by taking baby steps and demonstrating that, uh, that you both have the best interests of everything of the entire sport in, in mind. Uh, we, we do better when the PDGA supports us. Uh, I hope the PDGA grows faster when the pro tour succeeds. So, uh, everything seems to be clicking and, uh, and it's really exciting. And I, I genuinely thank you for, for helping to make that happen. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Steve. It's been, uh, it's been a great ride so far. Looking forward to, uh, the next, next couple stops. So with that, I'm going to go to, uh, do we have about two minutes and I'm just going to do real quick listener questions. Uh, if you have any questions and you're watching, feel free to submit them right now. Uh, otherwise I'm going to sprint out of the library. Um, the, the first question that I see, is there a course in Oklahoma that would ever be considered for a pro tour event? Um, my guess is absolutely yes. Uh, what I would suggest doing is going to the Disc Golf Pro Tour's prospective venues. Uh, you need to have a tournament director and a venue uh, and a team willing to put on a tournament. So those are the things you need. Um, and then uh, XVX asks, what, is the, what are the differences between the PDGA and the Pro Tour? Uh, Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but in my opinion, the PDGA is the governing body of the sport. They define the rules of the game. They are a, a nonprofit membership organization. All of the members help make the PDGA succeed. All the members vote for the board of directors and help guide the PDGA. Um, they put on all of the major events. Uh, they have a, a fantastic staff that goes to a lot of these major events and helps to make them happen. So they are basically the governing body of the sport. And the Pro Tour is, uh, from my perspective, uh, is the premier uh, tour, uh, is a tour of premier events, I should say. And uh, and we hope to be the premier tour someday in the future. Right now, there's the the pro tour and the national tour, and, and I, I think both are uh, very high quality tours, as Jeff alluded to. So hopefully that's the difference. Hopefully that's clear enough. Jeff, would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, why no doubles coverage? I don't know what that's talking about. Uh, I was listening, but what exactly will be on the Outdoor Channel? Will it clash with YouTube coverage? So uh, Outside TV will be uh, airing a one-hour post-produced uh, show about pro worlds that will be put on by the PDGA and smugglers. Yeah. So our, our media plan right now as it stands is to have all the usual suspects there. Um, you know, will uh, Joe Mez, Central Coast, Smashbox, yeah. everything as normal. And then like a couple, six weeks later, um, you know, we'll, there'll be plenty of uh, announcements and media, you know, just 
about this, but um, about six weeks later, you know, we'll let people know when the airing of a, a one hour TV show that's, um, you know, like I said, the three, the three parts are, you know, talking about disc golf, the players, the history of the sport, um, talking about the resort and the event as a whole, and then, you know, f uh, doing shot by shot coverage. So, um, you know, post-produced show that's going to, you know, be aired at a the date after the event. So everything should be coming out, um, and consumable, um, as, as you're used to, uh, at the national tours, the pro tours, um, and that kind of stuff, at least those that, you know, we have great coverage here. So, you know, this weekend, for instance, I don't think there's live coverage at Milo because they don't have cell service for it. Um, so that's, that's kind of tough, but, um, here at smugglers, Notch resort, we have great service. In fact, I think Terry, uh, Terry told me that it's the greatest coverage in the history of the world here. No, I'm just kidding, but um, no, he, it is good everywhere. And so there's uh, some really good um, live coverage that we can do through Smashbox. Too. So. You guys have a great night, and we look forward to talking to you next time on Pro Tour Talk.